after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Godzooks, these handles are hot! My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. Did you say they're gadzooks? Gadzooks! Gadzooks, these handles are hot! Do you not know the phrase or the word gadzooks? This is my introduction to it. Oh, really? It's, um, you I know... I thought it was just gibberish that the, was made up. No, no, I mean, gadzooks is sort of like a... It's something that would often be described... If, if I were doing a crossword puzzle, it would be like... Uh, quaint okay. expression of shock. Is it the type of thing that they do put in crossword puzzles because they always need, like... A few weird ass words to make it work. I that hate crossword puzzles so really much. Uh, yeah, you know that sometimes. Uh, typically, though, where you get the those kinds of answers in crossword puzzles is like, it'll be like, longtime collaborator and wife of John Lennon, and it's because like O N O is the kind of word <laughs> that like shows up when you. So the way you make a crossword puzzle, if it's not obvious, is you fill out the grid with letters and you make them all words and then you create clues mm. you back you know you back create clues and in the end at the end of doing that you always have a few little weirdo words yeah. that don't mean anything unless you come up with some creative definition for them for like that gets you back to those that that sequence of letters Gadzook! oh i cut it off there <laughs> i'm trying to isolate just the gadzooks Gadzook! Not quite. How about this? Godzooks! How are we doing? How's the show going so far? Uh, pretty bad. Okay, I, let me just close out of that audio <laughs> okay. file. I'm sorry. I'm a, you know this. I'm a little bit tired. You for some are reason. a little loopy today. I know. So why I'm don't gonna, you? Let, why don't I get into the driver's I, seat? Why here? don't you hop in the driver's seat? Okay. Put it in gear. Have you ever done this before? I have. Guess okay. what we're talking about? It's my favorite thing. History. Oh, I think you're gonna say birds. It's a. It's a. I thought you meant of things we eat. <laughs> Uh, well, of the things we don't eat, history is one of my favorites. I did do a graduate degree, not to brag, mm -hmm. in public history. And I think this qualifies as public history, what we're about to do here today. Because it's a, a public venue? Yeah, it's like, you know, we're talking to the public in the form of this podcast. And, and, and the commercials speak to the and public. And the commercials speak to the public. Yeah. So this one, so in fact, I have a graduate degree in this, in this exact thing that we're doing. Am I correct? So I was watching a football game with you and some friends at a local watering hole this weekend. And some commercial came up that I've seen in the background a few times, but I've never really paid attention to. And one of our friends started grumbling about it right away. And then you looked up, you said, I hate this commercial. Yeah. And then you said, I can build a whole show around this commercial. Yes. So that was a commercial and we'll start with it it's it's for a, a, a current phone that's out there right now and it was with uh the historical figure of leonardo da vinci and holy shit do <laughs> ad makers love this dude there are so many leonardo da vinci like yeah. ads and i thought it would be fun to look at commercials in which a historical figure is asked or is like is put into a skit or a commercial some kind of narrative where they're engaging with like modern either technology mm -hmm. or culture or whatever and it's like play it's always played for laughs of course so and this isn't just a history show this is a a, a, a history when it winks at yes, the current day exactly so we'll talk about that and it really it, it made me think differently or made me kind of examine how we 
um, how we contextualize and how we think about certain figures and certain kinds of figures versus others. And like, you'll be unshocked to hear that um, women and people of color, as usual, get a short shrift. And we can talk a little bit about why that might be. And we'll check in with the Ad Council. Um, later on in the show, I'll be, I guess, continuing this new segment where I play for you a... Uh, a uh, commercial that I found on one of these old VHS tapes that I'm digitizing and posting online, and uh, we don't have a name for that segment, but apparently some ad yeah, counselors the ad council's trying have uh, have come up with some ideas that we'll go through. So, and I think you have some ideas of your own, but let's start in the past. Well, Genevieve, I have a I have a riddle for you here. What's that? What does our podcast have in common with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I don't know. Leonardo leads. Leonardo leads. All right, fair enough. <laughs> let's, let's start with let's Da Vinci. Let's start with Da Vinci, and I guess we'll start with this commercial that you saw this weekend. Yeah, this and again, is... I don't think I've heard the audio on this yet. Um, I, there may not even be audio. Oh. It's pretty visual, so I'll have to do a little narrating here. But this is for the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold, and if you haven't seen mm-hmm. this, I think uh, there's a good chance you have. It's in pretty heavy rotation, but if you haven't seen it, Samsung's um, really uh, trying to get their foldable phones uh out there and yeah. trying to like add you know sell these foldable phones and it's but... not a flip phone it's like a smartphone with a total touchable screen yeah or when you open you it, it it looks seamless allegedly yeah um, i'm i haven't seen one in you know in i haven't held one in my hot little hand mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm intrigued it seems, i'm intrigued but also i feel like i it feels like just an invitation to me to break it it's. I could see it both ways. In a certain way, the screen would be more protected because it would be in. It would be closed inside of the the joint. On the other hand, though, I feel like you sort of see it like those headlights on cars that we wanted when we were a kid, where the headlights <laughs> flip up. But yes. then they it's always. One more thing your parents always say it's going to break, and yeah. you're going to end up a pediddle the rest of your life. <laughs> you're a pediddle. <laughs> hey. Um. All right. So the premise here is you have uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Um. But he's uh, and he's inspired by this phone to to do a bunch of the things that he's super famous for, like the Vitruvian man. Mm -hmm. And um, I think maybe I mean, God, all of these lean so heavily into the Mona Lisa. It's so boring at this point. Um, Oh, all the commercials. Yeah. And he almost like so many of these ads with Da Vinci are like how the Mona Lisa came to get her smile. Right. Like it's a pretty tired idea, frankly. But um, in this one, uh, he's just. You know, Leonardo da Vinci in his like whatever era, you know, Renaissance era, uh, little uh, rustic hut. But he's using this high tech phone to create all of his most famous works. Actually, though, it looks like it's just the what do you say? Vesuvius man. Is that what that, I think? Vitruvian. Vitruvius man. No. Vitruvian man. Um, <laughs> you're, you're getting so close. I'm not a Vitruvian man. <laughs> I'm a Vitruvian man. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. I'm so loopy. Um, I think every... The Vitruvian man, if you can't picture it, is like the, the naked guy in the circle with the arms and legs that are like mm-hmm. at different positions. But I think every... So he's sitting in his little hut, but so it's, you know, some um, uh, it, anachronistic 
scenes here. He's inside of his little hut, but he's looking at his phone and he sees like somebody took a photo of like a little piece of cake. And so it's a square on a round plate so that you start to get the background of the thing that the man is against. Then he's in some sort of calendar function and he's messing around with more uh, squares. And then he sees he's watching YouTube and somebody's playing soccer and kicking a ball around, but then stretches their arms out to the side to say it was no good. And so I think all of this, I don't think there's any um, Mona Lisa act in this commercial so it's all leading up to Vitruvian Man anyway I'd forgotten that I just knew that it was like a bunch of different things that lead him to sort of one of his great uh, yeah. achievements. At least this version, there there could be a campaign going on. I'm just looking at this now. So, all right, let, let's roll through this here. It says, not the real Da Vinci. So he's looking at this phone, getting ideas. Seeing squares on circles. Circling the square, squaring the circle, drawing the Vitruvian Man, putting it in a frame. And now he's presenting it at what appears to be a TED Talk. Yes, yeah, some sort of a some sort of a conference. And then uh, he folds up his phone at the end and says, "Get yours now." What is like? Why? I, why does that so irritating to me? Yeah, and whoever else was in the bar, they were so because I feel like somebody else brought it up, and you guys were both so pissed at this commercial. Yeah, you know, I think it actually is the com- the cumulative effect of the fact that although we might not have been able to call it to mind, Da Vinci is just so often sort of shoved into commercials and and used as a shorthand for creative, innovative geniuses, right? Mm -hmm. And like anytime a product really wants you to um, see yourself as like an aspirational uh, innovator, creator, whatever, I feel like a lazy shorthand for that is like, well, let's just have the character of Leonardo da Vinci do it because mm-hmm. he was, you know, he's the ultimate Renaissance man. So that's the problem here. This just feels a little lazy. It to just you. feels lazy to me. I mean, it, you know, it's visually it's like not that bad as I look at it. I think it also is in too heavy rotation right now, which is probably yeah. contributing to my my uh, level of ire. Hmm. It seems totally benign to me. Yeah, it's not offensive or anything. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna get into this because one thing you may or may not know about people from history is they were all all, good guys. They were all great. And they all had morals that definitely do live up to our current standards. Uh No, they actually came from a diverse, (laughs) diverse backgrounds. (sighs) Shit, man. Like there are, it's very hard to do this kind of ad. I mean, there are actually, there's a lot of examples of, of historical figures being sort of, um, Modernized. Pressed into service, yeah. in, in service of some modern product. But the more you sort of peel back that onion, the more likely it's going to be that somebody did something pretty cancellation worthy. Well, I don't want to spoil what's coming up later, but out of curiosity, like, didn't we... Um yeah, I don't know if you'll put this in here, so my apologies if I'm ruining the show already, but didn't we talk about some modern retelling... Uh, some modern retellings of historical stories that were from a more progressive or modern standpoint, like with involving women, or were those fairy tales that I've We've I'm talked confusing? about fairy tales. We've talked okay. about kings and queens, okay. famous kings and queens, uh, and generic kings and queens. Uh, and so there is some overlap, I think, with this. This this show, I've tried to really focus on people who are historical figures of note, but not generally speaking monarchs yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking of this is some amazon campaign but i think it was like rapunzel and various but those aren't rapunzel 
not a real person. Not a real person. Uh, the Amazon campaign did use a one, did do Cleopatra. Oh, or, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also did another fictional character in Medusa. And so they were trying to kind of, they were trying to overcome the, um, well, Medusa wasn't a real person. That's what I said. Fictional. Oh, okay. Uh, fictional means not real. I'm really, I'm really slow today. <laughs> I'm hearing everything on a, on a time delay. Wow. Um, but, uh. Yeah, so they were trying to, I think, rectify that that issue of when you go back to kind of great figures of history, they all tend to be white men of European backgrounds yeah, or but, whatever. But they tried to do women, and they could only come up with one who was an actual historical figure. And they're just like, what about the chick with the snakes in her head? Yeah. And somebody was like, I don't think she was real. It's like, nobody will notice. <laughs> no one will notice. <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> the chick with the snakes. All right. Um, I like to call it. That's my new thing. I, I call women chicks now. Great. Um, great, great, great. What's up next? Another Da Vinci. Let's let's just knock out the four okay. uh, Da Vinci Leonardo examples that Leeds. I found. Uh, Leonardo Leeds. Um, this is for avocados from Mexico. They famously do pretty sort of uh, cheeky and somewhat out there. I want to say surreal, but like imaginative campaigns. Um, and they kind of like made a big splash a few years ago at a Super Bowl with like a big star studded. They, they have the past several yeah. years now, but going back, I think it was like the 20, I want to say it was the 2014 Super Bowl because I kind of remember where we were in Los Angeles at a friend's house watching it. And one of the first commercials in the first break was avocados from Mexico. And we're all like, what? What? And that was one that's where, a, we were like, right, that's it, a we brand. Get into it. Right, exactly. And, the, and there were a lot of stars. I thought that was just there. a description. Right. Um, and so anyway, the, and, the, and you don't really see a lot of their ads outside of Super Bowls, which I is weird. They, they really keep their powder dry yeah, for yeah. the most part. Boy, they have a very effective jingle, don't they? Avocados from Mexico. Oh, yeah. I couldn't call it to mind, but yeah. Um, in this one, we are in Renaissance Italy. Uh, but we, instead of uh, sort of having a normal situation, it's a Cinco de Mayo party, which I don't know mm-hmm. how much you know about world history. It's unlikely that mm-hmm. would have been celebrated in Renaissance Italy. Mm. Um, and we have um, two women talking. One of them is clearly the model for the Mona Lisa. And she's sitting in what is described, what's labeled as a portrait booth instead of like a photo booth. Uh-huh. So there's all these sort of analogs, right, for like modern modern mm-hmm. life. Um the the woman who says this party is lame this this uh, you know Cinco de Mayo party is not is not fun calls over to Leonardo da Vinci and he can't be bothered with their issue because he's cutting up avocados from Mexico to get the party kicked up a notch and as soon as he gets the the avocados sliced up everything gets better he starts doing the worm mm-hmm. um, the Mona Lisa model starts doing a limbo I so I think limbo it is a weird. Uh, like, well, I think they're leaning into how ridiculous this is. Yeah, right? I mean, it's a ridiculous thing. And then at the finally, she says, "This is your, these avocados are your greatest masterpiece." And he holds up um, the Mona Lisa, and nobody cares. And I think she says something like, "You better not post that," or or something. Right. Like, it's like, all very like modern and cheeky. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's take a listen here. Worst Cinco de Mayo party ever. <laughs> not exactly a masterpiece. Da Vinci. What? What are you doing? Adding the avocados from Mexico. They're always good. Let's take this party up a notch. This is your greatest work. Huh? Please don't share that. Whatever. Don't share that. I just want to dance. Now he's doing the worm. Any bad time gets good when you... Avocados from Mexico. 
Um, it's interesting that the, this is a much older, less attractive depiction of Leonardo da Vinci. Yes, the da Vinci from the uh, Samsung Z Fold uh, was mm-hmm. like sort of an Adam Driver. He was like, he was millennial da Vinci. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a cute commercial. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't mind that one. And I like the way that she didn't say don't post it because that's too modern. Don't share that yeah, can be interpreted it, a couple of different it, it ways. It kind of like, it, it walks a line I think is a little funnier. You're right, the, the writing's a little better. All right, so in this one, Da Vinci's in his workshop, his his studio. Uh, Mona Lisa, or whoever she is, uh, comes running in. She's late. Traffic's been a nightmare. She sits down to pose and then realizes that uh, she forgot her wallet and needs to, like, uh, do something with her card on her phone. So she pulls out her cell phone and, like, freezes her card through her cell phone app. And the smile that she gives when she sees that she's able to do this is the famous smile. I like the fact that we see his studio and like while he's waiting on her because she's running late, he's like working on one of his other many inventions. Like he's um, oh yeah, he's working like the, on his, the, the wing. Yeah, his winged for his flying device or, or what have you. All right, here we go. So as she gets up from her horse and wagon that brought her here, we see that she leaves her little satchel behind. Yes, her My wallet. Card lock from Capital One. Instantly lock your card in case your card goes arrivederci. Mona, that smile. Technology this convenient could make history. I think that's a funny joke at the end. She's posing, so she doesn't want to move her face at all. She says, so what's she on your wallet? mutters the catchphrase. And most people cannot deliver that line very well. You that's know true. that I have a bias against that catchphrase and the actors who read it. <laughs> you do. Uh, you Jennifer. Do. Uh, you, don't like Je- you don't like Jennifer Garner. No. Um, all right, one more Mona Lisa, shall okay, we? Okay, yeah, here we go. Let's see. What is this? This is for, oh, for boneless wings. So I assume this will be subtle. <laughs> yes, it's uh, this one's a real classic. Um, and this one, uh, for some reason, the model who is the Mona Lisa also brings Leonardo da Vinci some chicken wings, mm. but he doesn't like them because they have bone, they're bone in. And so they, he with a very, I would say, suspect accent, he invents a boneless wing. He also says Eureka, which is not his famous catchphrase. That's Archimedes. Oh. Um, so they're really just mixing up their inventors here. Yeah, but sometimes other people say that too. I guess so. But, you know, this feels like they thought yeah. they were like, oh, Eureka, like someone famous from history mm-hmm. said that. Uh, so he invents a boneless wing. And as he uh, as he invents it and, and tells it, or, or Mona Lisa realizes that he's invented this boneless wing, she does again. She it inspires the famous smile, and so he goes. I think this is also a joke about. Um, I think he says something like, I, "I must be able to invent a better wing." And right. so again, it's kind of a play on his flying contraption, exactly. right? Yeah. So take a listen here. Here you go, Leonardo. Mona's famous wings. Ah, more wings. That accent, though. There must be a better wing. <laughs> Eureka, I got it. Got what? Nothing. Leo. The wings, by the way, they were perfect. Oh, good. 
Oh, that's, history is he, brought to you by the. He lies to her that her wings were good, and, right? And then she gives the smile, and that's when she gives the smile. She's got for a moment there. She's got a little meadow soprano vibe. She's to a her. very hardcore meadow soprano. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of a of a Jersey accent. Yeah, exactly. The accents in that were all over the place. Uh-huh. Eureka! You're right. Um, all right, now we're gonna move on from one Renaissance man to another. Um, let's start with this. So there are a couple uh, with Michelangelo. Okay. Um, this. So let's do this right, though. Okay. If Leonardo leads, what does Michelangelo do? Is he a party dude? I thought Raphael was the party dude. Okay. Then Donatello does machines. I think Donatello does machines. So that leaves us with Michelangelo, who does... Who does the accounting. That's not right. <laughs> I can't the remember. one thing we can't remember. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll figure that out later. But this is not Ninja Turtle related. This so. is unrelated to Ninja okay, Turtle. Okay. This is Michelangelo, the other guy. Yeah. So this is for Chick. This is the less famous Michelangelo. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Um, he's in what I take to be the Sistine Chapel. He's, as you probably know, he famously painted that lying on his back on a scaffold. Mm-hmm. You know, reaching up and painting this incredible uh, masterpiece. He's on the scaffold. We're watching him paint. Well, we can't see what he's painting. And he's talking about having chicken for breakfast. <laughs> I remember when I started painting the Sistine Chapel, people thought I was crazy. They were like, Mikey, you can't spend four years painting a ceiling. Okay, and I- I'm sorry. That voice is winning me over right away. <laughs> I love that that's how they're depicting him. I remember when I started painting the Sistine Chapel, people thought I was crazy. They were like, Mikey, you can't spend four years painting a ceiling. And I was like, you can now. Just like this morning when I went to Chick-fil-A for breakfast, people were like, you can't eat chicken for breakfast. And I was like, you can now. (laughs) Turns out the new egg white grill is delish. So you know who's not crazy? And then we cut to what that he's guy. painted on the system <laughs> chapel, and it's it's just like a sort of a caricature of him with like two thumbs going like this guy and two angels, yeah, two cherubs, two cherubs next to him. One of them holding a sign that says "This guy," while he's giving sort of finger gun thumbs up. I. I love this. I love the acting. That voice is funny. That voice and energy is great. I like it too. Um, one of the <laughs> one of the commenters uh, who goes by the name Dusty Hall on the YouTube page makes a great point though, which is, um, I love how Chick Fil A uses a historically gay man to sell their breakfast, which you know Chick Fil A famously uh. has been um, hostile to. Uh, LGBTQ and and women's uh, you know uh, reproductive liberty. Michelangelo is gay. I didn't know that. Super gay. No. Yes. Um, there's actually an ad that I did not include because it's not in English. I forget what language it was in, but I think actually like I think it was like a Israeli ad where it was sort of those like too hot for American TV ads. Oh, uh, but yeah, Michelangelo's. Those- doing the is is sculpting the david and he's about he's got the whole david sculpted and the model who is being sculpted has a like a towel wrapped around his Mm -hmm. waist and he wants michelangelo wants him to drop the towel so he can you Mm -hmm. know sculpt the d yeah and uh he won't drop it because he's shy and then he gives him some the bottled water that's being advertised and he grabs the water and drops the towel that's how we got the i find all of those 
I find all of those too hot for TV, yeah. like from an international market. I find all of those really sus. I don't know if any of them actually. That's why hit I didn't include it. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was worth including here, but I will tell you that I watched it. Okay. Um, so we do have another one with Michelangelo. I think it's going to be hard to top that one. Okay. That was funny. I loved you're, that actor. You're into he the Chick fil A. This one is uh, for something called Marcangelo Cured Meats, and you have a modern kitchen. And in this kitchen is um, a woman, an, an older woman. She has uh, two boys with her, her two sons, Mark Angelo and Michelangelo. Okay. Michelangelo is standing on the um, on their kitchen island, painting on the ceiling, because of course that's how he do. And her younger, her other son, Mark Angelo, who you would think is like less achieved, he's more. He would think he'd be more like the Frank Stallone of this uh-huh. triumvirate. Sure, yeah. Um, he's the one who's making this cured meat platter because that's what Mark Angelo uh, cured meats produces. Oh, okay. And you'll hear how the mom reacts to their two achievements. I think she's gonna like the meat boy more. She does. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Che delizia! Hey, nonna, look up! Look what I've done to the ceiling. Michelangelo, come down from there. Look at the beautiful feast your brother has prepared. Marcangelo, it's a masterpiece. But nonna, I've been... Never mind. You'll clean up later. <laughs> Let's eat. Boy, the meat boy is very proud of himself. Big smile. And the, the look that Michelangelo gives his mother and brother, his like half, his like very, very patient, like, infuriated like mm-hmm. quietly infuriated smile is great i love it i love that little performance the it's funny so the the meat brother as i'll keep calling <laughs> him mark angelo he doesn't have a line in this whole no. thing and he just kind of starts he just kind of keeps grinning at his mom and the mom now i want to tread carefully here is not a very i don't think that acting maybe is that person like do you think that she <laughs> is connect i'm not even joking is this like a family company this feels like a like a pretty low budget ad yeah because yeah, i'm wondering if maybe like she is somebody who like works for mark angelo foods or something and and it's like like the owner or that something. That seems pl- plausible. Her, her I've never even heard of Mark super, Angelo. Yeah, me neither. Um, okay, are we done with the Renaissance? We're done with the Renaissance. We're going to move on to uh, Tudor England and do a little Shakespeare. Wait, Shakespeare isn't considered Renaissance. I guess it's part more... of it is. Oh goodness, no! He's either Jacobian or 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 Elizabethan. Hold on. Oh I don't even want to do this. When I I thought that the Renaissance was from like mostly the 1500s, right? Like didn't it like start in the in the early 1500s and go until like 1600 or something along those lines? When was the Renaissance? That's I thought Shakespeare sort of fit into there. Well, I mean Shakespeare lived in the late 1500s and early 1600s. But okay, so he if at he all he would have been the tail end. He would have yeah. been the tail end. And, and just okay. like I don't think And his works would I mean, have look, been considered that. His other historians correct me if I if I'm misstating this. I would not describe him as part of the Renaissance per okay. se. Okay. Uh, mostly for for one thing, most of that took place in Europe. Yeah, he was born toward the end of what is considered right. the Renaissance period. Okay, okay. I wasn't I wasn't challenging you there. I was just ch- like trying to figure out why I had that so wrong, and I didn't have it so wrong. I had it. <laughs> you just had a you know, regular a, amount a of wrong. A few decades wrong. A few decades wrong. But we're moving through history. Um, spoiler alert: We are not going to go on a. We're not going to go linearly through history. I'm going to jump back here in a minute. Hmm. But this is a commercial, weirdly, for Crest Toothpaste. 
and we're just sitting with Shakespeare. Um, he's young sort of Shakespeare. Youngish Shakespeare, sort of like Shakespeare in his prime. I would say he's got his Elizabethan uh, starched collar on. Mm-hmm. He's sitting at his desk. There's a skull in the background. I guess he just got done writing Hamlet or whatever. Um, and he's talking about a student, like a modern day student who should be at school studying his works, but instead she's at home with dental issues uh, because she doesn't have good dental health. And then there's like a PSA about how dental health is like, you know, something that keeps kids from learning. So it's like sort of a really weird way to back into this story. That is very true. I, know, I, I right? want to take a listen to this because I don't know if I follow what he's got a student who isn't on screen. Take a listen here. Today, Sarah's class is reading my most celebrated work, Hamlet. But alas, poor Sarah's home again with tooth pain. She's missing out on the rich classroom discussion and catching up on social media instead. Hashtag not cool. Hashtag remedial reading. Hashtag, oh look, there goes your GPA. Surprisingly, kids with poor oral health are three times more likely to miss school. Crest, don't let them miss out. Huh. So what a weird PSA, right? That is a weird PSA. Yeah. I don't think I like that. Okay. You know what I think people should use Shakespeare for? Stain removers. Because? Out damn spot. That is a commercial <laughs> right there. Right? Well, I mean, that's a Shakespearean character. Sure, but I'm just saying that, like, if we have this Hamlet thing with the skull on yeah. the on his desk, we're just kind of going for but a just fully. Vibe. I think we got to go. You know, get Lady Macbeth out there. Right. I mean, don't you sort of think that like Zout or Shout? I don't know why I'd say Zout first, but anyway, that's the off-brand stain remover that we use. That's <laughs> all we can afford. <laughs> um, like they should be leaning into the like out damn spot sitch. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll return to this theme and we'll look at um, famous characters from plays. What if we do famous characters who need to get spots out of clothes? It'll be a short show. Yeah, it will be a short okay. show yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to go back in time, as they say. Back. In time, um, this is for Julius Caesar. Now, the thing we all know about Julius Caesar. Oh, and I did not get any of those JB Smoove Caesar ads because he's we've playing. We've talked about those a lot. A, we've talked about them, and B, I would argue. Well, no, that's not true. He's he's playing Julie. He's playing the Caesar we all know because he's married to Cleopatra, aka Halle Berry. Yeah. So it is not. He's not. I was gonna say. Because, you know, there were more than one, there's like Caesar became like a title. Mm-hmm. So he w- I just was thinking like maybe he was a Caesar. But no, I think he was the Caesar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is uh this is a more conventional looking Julius Caesar. Um, and he uh, I think he's doing some business or he's he's leading. He's having leading a toast at a, a fancy dinner when he gets a notification or he gets uh, notified by two bros for some reason, like two modern bros just show up and tell him to check his ring central, uh, which I guess is like some kind of like office, you know, productivity kind of software or technology. And he finds out from ring central, I think it's kind of like Slack or something that um, his uh, co-workers are in fact plotting to murder him. Oh, which is the thing he's alert. super famous for. Um, this is 15 seconds, so it's going, going it's going to go by quickly. Julius, you should really check in with your team on Ring Central. Oh, 
Hi, Caesar. We were just talking about you. Yeah, you should probably get out of here. Central. So when we see his quote-unquote team, it's like kind of a Zoom type of video conference call, and clearly a few of his uh, his enemies and conspirators are are having a meeting behind his back, and we see yeah. one of them is holding a sword and hides it behind his back when Julius which, logs in. I feel like this is a weird pitch to make for a product, which is like, Use our product to find out that your employees are your employees are plotting against you. Trying to stab you in the back, yeah, figuratively. It's like kind of a kind of a uh, negative use case, but yeah. I guess it's better to know. It does seem weird, yeah. Like, like it doesn't increase their productivity no, and it doesn't no, and it doesn't make you want the to use the product as like the manager who this would be targeted towards, right? Right. right. Yeah, I think it's weird. That's a bad commercial from Ring Central, which might be why we have never heard of Ring Central. <laughs> oh man, do you remember the pandemic when we were, everything was <laughs> Ring Central this and Ring Central that? God, um, remember remember Ring Central cocktail parties? Oh yeah, uh, just to stay in touch with family. Remember and the friends. Ring Central weddings we all oh, had to go to? Oh yeah. All right. Um, this next ad is for everyone's favorite genocider, Christopher Columbus. Um, and I remember this ad. I don't know if you'll remember it when it when it plays. It was apologies to Coney twenty twelve. <laughs> right. Um, well, Christopher Columbus. Uh, this this ad I think ran a few years ago, sort of maybe just before the world as a whole started waking up to some of the really problematic elements of the Christopher Columbus mythos. Um, in this ad, we have Christopher Columbus, and weirdly, they do it in Spanish. Um, he's he's petitioning uh, uh, Queen Isabella and, and King Ferdinand of Spain for the money and ships to go to the New World. Um, and we find out as he's in, they say, say, yes, you can have the money. He holds up like a round, a round sphere to illustrate his belief that the world is, is round, which... Every educated person in that era already knew. Um, but, okay, so they give him the money. He gets in these, like, rowboats to, he thinks, row out to his ships. And that's when his uh, confederate tells him, oh, no, these are the ships. Like, we're these little rowboats are the mm-hmm. ships. And the whole thing is, like, a if you're it's for GE commercial finance and it's like all about getting your project appropriately financed right because he got he thought it was financed but it was only financed for three little rowboats little to rowboats, grow, go exactly. across the ocean which is how it happened right he made it all the way across in three mm-hmm. little rowboats and then somebody yelled eat my wake <laughs> Santa Maria or whatever <laughs> what am I messing up that far side joke probably I think it was eat my wake pinta head no that's <laughs> so funny <laughs> Spain, 1492. Your Majesty, I, Christopher Columbus, will bring back unbelievable riches from the other side of the world. And we see a globe. globe. The Queen and King confer. You shall have your ships. Oh, thank you, Your Majesty. He's stoked. He and his uh, buddies with their big cloaks and their velvet hats start rowing out. The best idea in the world can fall flat. Take me to the flagship. 
And his buddy says, this is the flagship. GE Commercial Finance. And then the king gives him a weak little wave, a little smug little wave. It's like, why even bother funding those ships? Yeah, exactly. That's just that's sentencing a, those people to death. It's a death sentence. Uh, would have been a lot cooler for the probably the <laughs> Western Hemisphere. They had only gotten three little yeah. robots, but... Uh, they did not. Um, okay, so I just think this is an interesting one. Like, you would never no, see... No, people aren't celebrating him. ...see him celebrated, even in jest. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing with a lot of these. Like, as I started to watch a lot of these ads, it was interesting to me to reflect on what kind of historical figures have been deemed by advertisers to be, like... Because these are all played for laughs, right? It's like, it's all, you know people from history who are in a modern context and it's the juxtaposition that's funny but you really only see famous white men and it's almost as if and we're going to get to a few examples that I was able to to dig up that are that are counter to that but for the most part it's as if advertisers don't know how to treat lightly or or have fun with um historical figures who mm-hmm. are not well-known white men mm-hmm. because Imagine I was thinking about this like what if you had a what if you had a MLK and granted yeah. he's a more modern figure but also that's part of the problem is like we didn't we didn't you know lionize non-white people for centuries for the most part but like I think it would feel very disrespectful to people to like have a jokey ad where Martin Luther King like sells a cell phone. Yeah, but that's also because his what he is famous for and what his work was was tied specifically to a race struggle and a fight for equality which is is harder to have fun with whereas so far all of these while they may be problematic in their own way and we'll hear from some more historical figures like you have the founding fathers yes they are problematic but also their thing even though they own slaves or whatever but their first line in the sure. encyclopedia is usually like, like wrote the declaration of wrote the declaration yeah. or I, I guess you yeah or painted the Mona Lisa or or whatever it is yeah and whereas, marginalized people are so often defined by their marginalization yeah right? you know one thing that I don't know if I'll keep this in the show or not but <laughs> honestly but um so I write the TBTL newsletter every week right I just want to remind everybody of all the hard work <laughs> okay, I put thanks. into that show yeah. no um and I've been doing this since 2015 and some kind of subtle bit that I came up with and don't really comment on is we have a segment at the end of the newsletter where we have a bunch of advertisers and links to like the TBTL promo codes or whatever to to sell. And I always illustrate it with some sort of money-related image from Getty Images. And I just remember when somebody said, hey, you should use Getty Images because we have copyright issues just grabbing stuff offline. I remember saying to a new colleague at the time, hey, well, does Getty have any funny images? And he said, well, not funny in the way you're used to, but there's some funny stuff on there, right? (laughs) And so I took that to heart. And so I always find like the most goony images of people acting weird or overacting around money not the ones that are supposed to be funny but the ones that are just like ridiculous stock photos are obviously ridiculous you can just find really dorky stuff right yeah and now here's the other thing though i i think that stock photography and i'm sure this is changing now a little bit too but especially when i was first using getty getty's so white like everything is super white right yeah so i have no problem 
taking photos of just like really dorky white guys or white couples or whatever. And, and like, and it's just like kind of subtly funny, sort of, or maybe not so subtly funny. Um, but then I try not to just use white people all the time. And so I look for people of all kinds of backgrounds. Right. Um, but then sometimes like the one I just used last week was, I believe a couple and they were, farmers in India I mm -hmm. think and a man and a woman and they're kind of in traditional dress and they're just sitting out in a field somewhere and they're staring at is it uh, uh, rupees mm -hmm. um, and they're just like fanned out rupees it's just funny it's just a funny stock photo but part of me worried that if somebody hasn't been seeing all of the stock photos I've been using throughout the years do they think that I just think this photo is funny because it's an Indian couple right. in a field somewhere where I'm using it because I think that all people can be goofballs. And in any, stock any photo, photo where, where a stock photo where a person is just staring at money with yeah. some weird expression is intrinsically hilarious. But out and of in the context, con but out of context, somebody might just think, well, "Boy, you're just Walsh poking fun at a brown like, person." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So that's kind of something. It was I interesting. Know. I mean, I think as we say again and again, ad nauseum, context is everything. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's worth. It's always worth asking why. A white person why we're watching a white person or mm -hmm. why we're watching a person of color and I do think that like it will be a it will be progress when we can you know when when in, a, when in all of these many contexts humorous tragic whatever and in, in all of these kinds of scenarios we can be uh, we can do blind casting Right, exactly. Although, do we want? But yeah, I, I guess. I mean, is blind? I almost feel like that's sort of a. I made some joke about Bill Maher before the show, so maybe he's just top of mind. But I sort of feel like in the '90s, uh, we grew up with these certain like all, all these white male comedians who just wanted to tell it like it is, yeah. right? And their argument would be, "No, no, it should just be blind." I, you know, I'm an equal opportunity. Uh, that, that's only that only funner. works if you if you actually see diversity in the in the broad spectrum of people who are cast or yeah, right. celebrated or referred to or interviewed or whatever yeah so anyway yeah um okay so well before we get into the problematic people let's just <laughs> talk about thomas jefferson talk about thomas jefferson yes. here for a second so this is an interesting one this is for something called craft homestyle mac and cheese mm -hmm. and i actually this was the one ad that like made me do a history lesson because they don't really explain explain why this is true but thomas jefferson rides up on What's his horse's name? Caractacus? I have no idea. I only know that from 30 Rock. Um, but he rides up on his horse. Um, he looks pretty priggish, I will say. Like, mm -hmm. he's he's meant to be a figure of fun here. He rides up um, uh, to, like, a modern-day sort of um, backyard barbecue. Mm -hmm. And he's offered a mac and cheese, uh, a bowl of mac and cheese. And he takes great umbrage at this because he says this is his recipe. This is, again, home-style mac and cheese. He takes great umbrage because he says this was his recipe that he brought to the White House. And then he kind of like gets into a whole like contretemps with this family over over the, the mac and cheese being his special recipe. Former President Jefferson, care for some Kraft home style mac and cheese? This tastes suspiciously like my recipe that I served at the White House. So you like it? Like it? It's my invention! And now Kraft have stolen it from me! 
<laughs> that's kind of funny. He he's he pops one of the balloons and then kicks over a little table. Yeah, he's very angry. And that is this is interesting. He's not like the he is the he's an anti-hero here. Maybe not even he's the antagonist. He's the, he's the antagonist. Here. Here. Exactly. Yeah. I shall be taking your craft macaroni and cheese as criminal evidence. Oh no. Godzooks, these handles are hot. New craft home style so mac he, and cheese. He rich, first hands the the bowl of mac and cheese to the only black actor in the scene who gets no lines. Yeah, that was interesting to me. Like I was watching this just because I wanted to grab that little drop we use at the top of the show. Um, and there's just a moment where after he throws his little tantrum, he he has to like kind of kind of adjust himself in his clothes and set himself right. And so he just absentmindedly hands his bowl of craft macaroni and cheese to somebody, just a bystander. And it's a black woman. And that was the first moment I started paying attention to this commercial. I'm like, that's interesting that he kind of like, without saying anything, he just sort of sees her almost as a table. Sort yes. of. Like, I think that was probably kind of like, I, obviously that was not on purpose, but I think that's an oversight on the casting here. I agree, although it's weirdly telling. Um, and then at the end when he grabs the uh, hot plate, he then s sticks his burned hands right in the bowl of punch. Yeah, he um, grabbed. And then we got a hilarious horse neigh. So <laughs> I was curious about this because clearly this ad is alluding to something, right? Like they're really, it seems very specific to me. Like this is the mac, mac and cheese that I took to the White House. And I, there really is a recipe called Monticello mac and cheese that I guess is like more in this home style that Kraft is doing. But of course, Jefferson didn't invent it. Mm. The enslaved people who served him invented yeah. it. And this is, uh, uh, he did he did first become familiar with this sort of like, with the idea of uh, cheesy macaroni from his time in Paris. But it was his enslaved cooks, James Hemings, uh, Peter Hemmings, Edith Hearn Fawcett, and Francis uh, Gillette Hearn, who prepared this favorite dish over the years. And so it can be traced back. So this so mac and cheese has like deep roots in black cooking, you know? Yeah. Uh, which I think is an interesting, interesting story that's sort of been, I don't know, maybe other people know it. I didn't know it. Somebody says here, you got to have David Diggs play him. Does David play him in Hamilton? That would make sense, right? Okay, I know nothing about Hamilton. I know nothing about Hamilton. But that too. would that would make this yes more interesting. Obviously, I don't know if you're going to get David Diggs for this, but um, they got him Uber for Eats they got him for Uber Eats, whatever that was. Um, here, I love Kraft some... is Kraft is a major brand. I am fascinated by the comments that people leave on YouTube. I know that's low-hanging fruit, but you have some people saying, historically, the other founding fathers didn't like his mac and cheese. It was actually <laughs> known to be gross. I think that, that I mean, a, a couple of people are saying that, actually, so I don't know if there's I love some, that that's the prevailing like, wisdom on YouTube comments. But I love this. Five years ago, and I can't even pronounce the um, handle here, but somebody just posted, it's funny how he destroyed everything because they stole his mac and cheese recipe. Yeah, I mean that is what's funny that about the ad. It's just like that's what I like about this ad. I like the it premise. When, I do love when people just say <laughs> the thing that happened in the ad, and then right. either say like this is the thing that happened, or I liked that this was the thing that happened. I also see somebody um, posted something now that we have our own YouTube channel where we're posting just like old uh, commercials that we find on VHS tapes. I get this comment a lot. Why was this recommended to me? <laughs> and I see that I'm not alone. Somebody wrote, so anyone know why this is recommended? People, it's just algorithms. It's just like it's hit or miss, dude. Slow like, your I roll. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, 
from a man who held slaves to a man who uh, fought all his life to end slavery and in fact freed himself as well this ad is wild and it i honestly it's so low budget but it might be my favorite one mm-hmm. it's an older ad it's probably from the i don't know 70s and it's for a product called afro sheen which is as you would guess for making your afro nice and like smooth mm-hmm. and and well kempt um and so you have a young man um in his apartment and he's kind of getting ready to go out um, but his hair is kind of it's it's he's wearing it naturally, but it's also kind of like just poofy and like not very like well groomed. Mm-hmm. And then the ghost of Frederick Douglass appears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a listen. <clears throat> Haven't you forgotten something? Say so you were. Hey, aren't you Frederick Douglass? Yeah, we studied about you in school yesterday about how you were a slave and how you took your own freedom. And then began to fight for freedom and dignity for all our people. Say, but what did I forget? Are you going to go out into the world with your hair looking like that? (laughs) Well, Mr. Douglas, you know, times have changed. We wear the natural now. You call that a natural? That's a mess. I've been watching the progress of our people, and I'm quite familiar with the natural. And I'm also aware that it is worn as an outward expression of pride and dignity. So haven't you forgotten? Right. My Afro Sheen comb easy and hairspray for Sheen. You know, I can dig this getting my fro together. My sentiments, almost exactly. So he puts on the Afro sheen and now his, his fro looks great. Well, how's this, Mr. Douglas? <gasps> Mr. Douglas? Mr. Douglas is gone. Man, ain't nobody going to believe this. <laughs> no, I won't. Is that wild? That's why I wonder. So this has a 1960s, early 70s feel to me. I wonder... First of all, it's very after school, especially yes. in the way that he all the exposition. But, but after, I think it was is. a real ad. Afro Sheen yeah. had a lot of ads. It was a real product. Um, and I, as much as it feels a little bit like an outtake from a 70s sitcom uh, in the way that it's filmed. I do think that it's like it legitimately aired. Yeah, well, I'm looking at another version of this on YouTube now and whoever posted this one, because I was going to guess like maybe this aired during like the Jeffersons because it is very much that era. Yes. But somebody posted another one of these, but um, kept the bumper, the the TV network bumper. And I see that this definitely aired during Soul Train, which would also make sense because you're not just talking to a black audience in the 1960s or 70s here. You're talking to young people. Young people, black people who are like in a black, black liberation people. yes exactly, yeah, exactly. That, so th- that's why all the exposition of just like we learned that you did this and this and this mm-hmm. while and this frederick, is what the natural means while yeah. while frederick frederick Douglass just stares him down in the doorway <laughs> by the way but i really enjoyed it and i kind it kind of goes back to this point that i'm ineptly making throughout this show which is there are historical figures who are not white men who can do who we you mm-hmm. can have a fun like uh anachronistic take on and 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 i love this one that even as low budget as it is i i love this afro sheen ad yeah although i wonder if white people wrote and produced it maybe and i mean if we have listeners of color uh, black listeners who you know who who for whom that reads differently i would of course be interested in hearing from you um i thought it was respectful and likable yeah and i mean funny but you know but not in like a punching down kind of way yeah yeah now genghis khan now he wasn't problematic in any way right (laughs) well i mean he was but it's sort of like in a in a in a world (laughs) where everybody's killing and raping everybody Uh he sort of just was the best at it i guess (laughs) also i watched this one movie 
um, that was like the life story of Genghis Khan, and it kind of like painted him in a sympathetic light. It was kind of like, you know, mm. like that's just what you had to do. Um, I don't know. Anyway, Genghis Khan, this one is banana. So this is for something called Shick Shaver, a, a, a razor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have Genghis Khan, and he's kind of like stereotypically styled. Um, obviously, he was a Mongolian uh, warrior. He's got kind of the big, what is this, like the Fu Manchu oh, yeah. uh, mustache. And this actor is just telling us what it's like, how he's enjoying the Shick Shaver. The accent work that he is doing is uh, an unconventional choice for a man from ancient Asia. I used to shave like a barbarian, hacking and cutting my face. Then Chick introduced the civilized shave. Super 2, the twin blade cartridge with Teflon coating. Now I can shave clothes, but say, even with a track 2 handle, Teflon coats the edge of each Super 2 blade. For a close, safe, civilized shave, try a chic Super 2 cartridge. Because what are we? Barbarians? Hmm. So he's just straight up an Italian guy. I was wondering what kind of accent that was. I mean, was. it I just sounds Italian Yeah, it sounds Italian. Interesting. So that is pretty bad. It'd be funny if, that, if he did that everything exactly the same, except he said, I built a factory in Germany because... <laughs> Shaving I built a, I built a razor factory in Mongolia. <laughs> Shick shaver. I don't know if I've heard of that before. I don't think it's around anymore. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go on to this uh, beverage called Schönling Little King's Cream Ale. Um, and I was curious. So I was sort of thinking, like, what female and 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 people of color, like, what are characters that we sort of have a pop culture understanding? And of course, Marie Antoinette came to mind, right? Like, mm-hmm. and there are quite a number of Marie Antoinette's uh, or ads featuring Marie Antoinette were usually for cake, right? Like, let them eat cake. It mm-hmm. kind of lends itself to an obvious... She didn't say that, of course. It's a myth. Um, but uh, I just thought that was a little on the nose. This one I thought was was sort of more interesting. Um, she's she's now post... In this world, she's, she's talking to her advisor, um, and it's post a world where she said that uh, people should eat cake and now they want something to drink. And so she tells them, she, she says, well, they should have this, uh, this Schoenling's Little cream, King's Cream Ale. Marie Antoinette for Little King. So revolting peasants are storming the palace again. Last time they wanted bread, I said let them eat cake. Now they want beer. How bourgeois. I have something better. Little King's Cream Ale. Mm. It's brewed longer to taste richer. Smoother than beer. Let them have little kings. It costs true your thirst like a guillotine. Right, Louis? Little kings, it's too good If you couldn't understand that line, she says, it cuts through your thirst like a guillotine, which is a pretty dark joke. Wow, I didn't hear what Both she and Louis were beheaded. Let me ask you this question, Genevieve. Okay. So there are... This looks like a very, it's a beer-like product, right? But they're trying to distinguish themselves from beer. Yes. It's a cream ale or whatever they called it. Do you? This is from 1978, according to YouTube. Do you think this beer and this marketing campaign is aimed at women? Because oh, I would guess question. that I would guess that beer still dominated, you know, males dominated that market, right? Especially then, and still probably even today, um, with all the other kind of 
canned option, you know, alcoholic options out there. Um, so anyway, I do wonder, was this a, we, we see Louis, but he doesn't have a line, right. and she's saying this thing, and it being like a, a creamier version of beer, they're very, I wonder they're going if they're... for something that's refined, that's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, more feminine, I think yeah. you're right, yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Um, all right, let's, let's move up in history here. Uh, another woman that people have heard of and might potentially have some fun with, Jane Austen. So this is for Audible. It's a pretty recent ad. I remember seeing this one. In this ad, you have an Audible patron, someone who who uses Audible or who, who's reading, trying to read Jane Austen's books in therapy with Jane Austen, trying to explain kind of like they're a couple who aren't, aren't communicating well. He's explaining why he's having a hard time making it through her books to this therapist. Jane? I've put so much into this. Truly, it's been a labor of love. But, regrettably, I just can't keep his attention. It's not you, it's me. I'm busy and, to be honest, you can be a bit difficult. (laughs) Sometimes life gets in the way of a good book. Mm. Search for Jane Austen and over 200,000 audiobooks at audible.com.au. Thank you for finally listening. So he's, you see him with his headphones on, listening to the books on Audible, and she says, thank you for finally listening. I have either seen this before. Now, clearly, this is for a British audience, right, because it was .au. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Australian, because it was .au. Oh, was it? Was the address. Um, but um, I have either seen that commercial before or I have seen other commercials in that campaign. And the same I think you have, yeah. setup with somebody sitting down with an author trying to work out why... They're having difficulty with a book. I think it is a brilliant way of selling an audio I do, book. too. I think it's a great campaign, and it's a fun concept, and it makes you think about, you know, being able to get into an author that you might have trouble mm-hmm. uh, sort of engaging with on the page. It's a great pitch. Yeah. It really is. Um All right, a couple more here. I thought there's got to be something with Lincoln, right? Like, mm-hmm. Lincoln occupies a huge amount of our pop culture imagination. Oh, mustard, m- mustard ao nays. <laughs> well, that one. <laughs> There's our Mr. Show. There's our Mr. Show reference. Yeah, that the... insurrectionist. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this is one of those Geico ones. Do you remember this guy for Geico? Um, he was like a basuted, sort of uh, serious-looking white guy who would pose one of these questions that Geico asks, right? And it was just a Rod Serling. A little bit of a Rod Serling vibe. And he then we, we he poses this question, would would blank have it done blank? And then we cut to like a little skit. Mm-hmm. So in this one, he asks a question about um, whether Lincoln really always told the truth, famously Honest Abe. And we cut to black and white uh, sort of jittery footage as if, you know, it was early... Uh, early early film footage uh, which would have I don't think Lincoln lived long enough to see uh, to see mm-hmm. any film but uh, early film footage of Lincoln and Mary Todd having a conversation about uh, how a dress is making her look could switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance was Abe Lincoln honest does this dress make my backside look big Lincoln is just flummoxed. Perhaps 
and he says, perhaps a bit, and he holds his fingers <laughs> up, like, you know, an inch apart, and she storms out. They, re- God, I, I give any commercial credit that will really let something breathe like yes. that. He just fidgets behind her for an entire yeah. 10 seconds, just trying to figure out, like, how can I, how can I deliver this news without lying? Yes, and it's actually, like, weirdly, a compellingly portrayed Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not Daniel Day-Lewis level, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. It does rely on the stereotype the of women. Uh, yes. Like, oh, does this make me look fat? All right, let's do. Let's close this out with a bang, shall we? This is for Jose Cuervo, and I don't know if you remember this ad. I remember seeing it, um, but it's kind of a fun idea. So, Cuer- uh, Jose Cuervo, uh, according to Cuervo Tequila, was the father of tequila. And this ad imagines a crazy, fun, fancy party with famous people from all throughout history. So you and they're all identified as the mother or father of whatever. So you have like Mary Curie, um, you have uh, Abraham Lincoln, you have Amelia Earhart, you know, all these like pioneers and innovators just having a, a really fun time. I do see Anne Boleyn in there. Anne Boleyn was not the mother of anything except Elizabeth. I mean, I guess she was sort of the mother of Elizabethan England, but like only in the most literal sense. Like Anne Boleyn wasn't really like a leader in any meaningful sense, mm-hmm. but whatever. But yeah, they have little title cards like yeah. the, the father of modern art, the mother of modern physics, yeah. the father of electricity. So you see Tesla, you see, uh, I see Napoleon in mm-hmm. there. Okay, so let's take a listen here. If you were to attend a party with all of history's most influential people, the creators, the innovators, the pioneers, you'd notice a common theme. But if you were to choose one mother or father to throw such a party, it would have to be the father of tequila. Cuervo Tradicional, since 1795, the father of tequila. I don't remember that commercial at all. They identify... uh I believe Chuck Berry is the father of rock and roll, which mm. Little Richard uh, would like to have a word. Yeah, that's a good point. But Little Richard would always like a word. He would always. I like mean, that's a word. kind of yeah, like that's main his main thing. That, that's his main thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, well, since we still don't have a name or theme music for the VHS segment that we've been doing, I figured I'd bump in with our uh, email music here because some ad counselors have written in, or was there a poll online that I missed? There was a, a Facebook post. Thank you, Clyde. Uh, Clyde solicited ideas for this for a name for this segment on mm-hmm. our Facebook group. And we got a few, uh, we got a few sort of uh, proposals and some votes for them. So I thought maybe we could go through that here. Okay, yeah. So this again is uh, me and my VCR. I got a VCR recently. I'm digitizing a bunch of tapes that I found at a garage sale. They're all from the mid '90s, and I'm collecting the commercials and posting them to the After These Messages YouTube page, which you can find by Googling around and then ignoring the ones that aren't ours. <laughs> um, but we don't know what to call it, and I've been struggling with music. I'm, I don't want to use... It has to be from the 80s, and I don't want to use Video Killed the Radio Star, so I don't really know what to do here. But as far as titles of the segment are concerned, we did get some suggestions. Do you want to roll through these, Vives? Yeah, let me show you what... Let me tell you what our, our listeners said here. And, and listeners, if you haven't weighed in, 
Um, there's definitely still time to do so on the Facebook group. Um, Clyde suggested Andrew's Analog Adventure. So there's a lot of alliteration there. Um, that got three likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Douglas suggested uh, tape delay mm. or live on tape. And that got six likes. Unclear which one people Live preferred. on tape doesn't really make sense. But tape delay is really good. Tape delay is good. Tape delay is really good. As a good. radio guy, that has a meaning to you, which I'm not sure if it does to non-radio people. Oh, really? I think most people know. Like if you're watching a sporting event, it's a tape, tape delay. delay. Okay. Yeah, maybe that. I don't know. Um, I like this one also from Douglas. Dubbing trouble. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> BT dubs. <laughs> BT dubs. I like. Oh, I really like Ooh, BT what dubs. What about BT dubs? I like BT dubs. Um, Maggie said uh, time travel adventures or tape travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that got a couple of likes. Um, Aaron had this one I like. Andy's little splice of heaven. <laughs> There's no That's real funny. splicing involved, but, no, I, but I, I really like appreciate the, yeah. the, the spirit yeah. of that one. Um, Bill had VHS. Old nuggets, but old spelled like ye old. Oh, yeah, that's key. The E in there. Ye yeah. oldie nuggets. Um, and Josh had my the, the favorite of my heart, which is be kind, Walsh wine. <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, would be yours because it's janky as it's hell. Janky as I hell. do like it. It does make me laugh. That's my best. That's my best. I need that's to my think about spot. this. Um, I, I said, I had a couple of others okay. here. I said, because your name is, we sometimes call you AL Dubs, Andrew Lewis Walsh. And yeah. uh, ALW. Like me and my friend Paul calls me A dubs. A dubs. So we thought maybe like uh, the A dub dub A dubs dubs or AL dubs. Um, and then I if we're gonna go with dubs, I think BT BT dubs. dubs I think is actually pretty great. Is pretty good. I think BT dubs might be emerging as my favorite here. Well, th- I want to think about this some more. Um, I was try. I really like the idea of VHS being in it, but I didn't come up with anything good except for a VHS show because like something <laughs> like is an F- like is a shit show. But like, I think BT- that's a little bit that's B- hard. To- like letter B period capital T period yeah. D U B S B T yeah. dubs. Yeah, I love it. I I would love it more if my initials were. BT or well, something. It sort of feels. That. Wow, see that. Would that's be, an easy fix. That is an easy fix. That's a super easy fix. That's a trip to the courthouse. That, <laughs> that's like one form. What you just, w- pick, you just pick out what you want the B and the T. Uh huh. How about um, Bandrew <laughs> Tuish <laughs> Walsh. Um, if I had to pick a first name, I'm so tired. I we should probably just end the show because I'm going to make this real bad. But now I'm trying to think if I had to have a first name mm-hmm. that starts with a B. Okay. What would it be? Is there like a um a masculine ver- uh, version of the name uh like Beatrice or Bernadette? Well, Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. I don't know if I'm smart enough to be a Bernard. I don't know. I don't think I am. I mean, I guess you know, do some night classes. <laughs> anyway, hey everybody, welcome like, to this segment. I feel like we're zeroing in on it. Though. <laughs> yes, and I want to exactly. thank Clyde and all of the people who submitted ideas because I feel like we're really circling it, and it's definitely going to come into focus in the next week or so. Yeah. So okay. So I was supposed to pick out one commercial to show you. I've been going through a tape from 1995 uh, from local television here in uh, Seattle. I think it's um, Como Television. 
uh, Channel 4 back in the day. And I can't... Uh, <laughs> I can't uh, decide which one to play, so I might just play both of these. Andrew's brain sometimes makes like Chidi from The Good Place. Sometimes you hear the sound that Andrew's brain makes, and it's like when a fork gets caught in a disposal. Um, okay, I'm going to start with this one. Here's the deal. I wanted to play this one for you, but I find it so impossible to describe what's going on, which is really kind of a problem. So... The one I'm going to start with this one because here's what I like about this. I have a feeling this is a local commercial, even though I know the brand Oberto for like, you know, beef jerky, mass produced beef jerky, that type of thing. It's also a very regional. I mean, I believe it is a Washington state, if not Seattle company. As far right? as I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I like about it is here we're going back to 1995 and you're watching a baseball game and there's an Oberto beef jerky actually in this case turkey jerky commercial comes on but i'm guessing this must have been part of a bigger campaign where they had children writing the commercials or something because there's no explanation as to why we have a child's voice overdubbed okay, here sure. and it's clear it's like there's stumbles in here and clearly what they did was they said hey hey kid or hey ad writer pretending to be a kid write what you think the origin of turkey jerky is and then we will animate it or, okay. or create the visuals to go along with I it. I kind of like that premise. So you hear a little kid and the kid is talking about like the dinosaur days and one of the most feared dinosaurs was like the turkey turkey dinosaur or something along those lines and you sort of see this it's not it's i can't explain it's it's got b movie quality to sort it sort of a we, stop motion mm, effect um it's sort it, well not really that it's like kind of like you see a desolate um kind of volcanic landscape yeah. with pterodactyls flying in the, in the background and then you'll see like kind of a bad puppet depict this this turkey dinosaur thing like an old B horror movie sort of mm -hmm. and then it'll cut forward in time to a really hokey looking archaeologist with like I don't know if he has a monocle or glasses and a straw hat or whatever the dusting off some rocks and he finds a bit of this old turkey and takes a bite of it which is really gross yeah and, and the, not sound archaeological practices no and I'm being you totally shouldn't be honest. eating the um the artifacts yeah you, you will know? not get your phd that way sir no you no you will not although i have a feeling this person's already tenured anyway um oh, well, probably has whatever you want exactly so anyway so here and it's also just kind of hard to hear because of age and the fact that you have a kid reading this so take a listen See, a long time ago, when dinosaurs ruled, the biggest dinosaur was the mighty Turkeyosaurus. And, and they were all feathery and stuff. Until one day, these huge unfair asteroids came and squashed the Turkeyosaurus. Okay, so you just, can tell... Can I just jump in here and say, this kid is surprisingly good on the science. First of all, <laughs> dinosaurs were birds. Uh-huh. So, yeah. where's, the, mm -hmm. where's the bell? Yeah. Secondly... It was an asteroid that killed them. Yeah, I don't know if the, the listeners could hear that. Oh, I'm not good at the bell. Um, I don't know if the listeners could hear that very well, but yeah, the kid says that an asteroid came and destroyed them. That's how they discovered huh? Alberto turkey jerky. It's 98% fat free. Alberto turkey jerky. 
And then at the end, a tiny little turkey dinosaur thing pops up. And I weirdly turkey, love turkey. that. It's weird, isn't it? I really love it, though. Um, this next one I'll play for you, and then we'll end the segment again. Probably the same commercial break. So this is 1995 again. Um, and it's a Pepsi commercial. And for me, I wanted to talk about this because it reminded me of the the this era of the 90s. Like, first of all, this is one of those... Um, visual commercials where everything is like sort of blue and purple toned like all of the warm colors are just like desaturated from this it's very very 90s right and you have an old black blues musician on the street corner with his electric guitar and he's singing the blues about how he doesn't have this and he doesn't have that and I can't tell if this is a famous musician I think not I think this is just a depiction of a, an old blues musician and that was a thing in the 90s yeah, wasn't it, it like really was. even like it, it might have been an era where blues had a bit of a resurgence and people were trying to kind of capitalize on this before this generation kind of died off uh-huh. a little bit that might have been part of it but you even had um bruce Willis oh, like you know like even Bruno. his Bruno, like his whole like blues 90s uh, thing you know what I mean like yeah. the, it was this weird era and this commercial kind of reminded me of this era and this trend of the 90s and so anyway you have this blues musician like I say he's out on the street corner outside like a brownstone or something sitting on his little chair playing his electric guitar complaining that he doesn't have anything and then a woman like a neighbor up in like a second floor window a, a la um I think the TV show Amen. No, no, two two seven was a little bit like this. Didn't they have like? Wouldn't they hang outside their windows and talk to each other across the, kind of across the doorway? I sometimes? do think they lived in a brownstone in New York, but yeah. I don't remember the specific image you're calling. I up. feel like there was some there was some show where women would kind of stick their head out their windows, and there were neighbors up in a brownstone. And they would talk outside, kind of hanging out. Anyway, so. She stick this woman sticks her head out of her window and she starts yelling at this blues man. The reason he doesn't have anything is because he didn't sign up for the Pepsi Rewards program where he can get a bunch of free shit. Got no shirt, got no shoes, got no coat, so got me the blues. Yeah, I got no shade. Hey, that's because you got no Pepsi. Now the more Pepsi you drink, the more stuff you get from the new Pepsi catalog. Got no mansion. Got no yard. Then in a final humiliation. I agree, lady. In a final humiliation, he is dressed in all Pepsi swag and surrounded by like Pepsi uh, themed duffel bags and bikes yeah, he's and sweatshirts. still out on the street corner but he's like wearing a big ugly Pepsi shirt and a oh, Pepsi God. hat and yeah and then just like all like a Pepsi bike is next to him. Pepsi this word homage I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> and then but at the end though he changes his lyrics to say that he doesn't have a mansion he's like because he's got all this other stuff now. Is he he's singing? got a bunch of worthless Pepsi shit. <laughs> right so he's had so now is it am I right like now he's singing about other things he doesn't have because because all of his other needs are met. I just want to hear these lyrics again at the end. Got no mansion. Got no yard. This might be the end of the blues as we know it. <laughs> Drink a lot of Pepsi. Get a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think he says got no mansion, got no yard. Yeah, maybe. And, the, and I think his neighbor is like, this doesn't feel like authentic blues <laughs> right. uh, complaints to me. Right, exactly. So anyway, there is I bet is she's sorry your... she to- told him about all this Pepsi junk he could get. <laughs> Lady, that's on you. <laughs> um, uh, there's your installment of BT Dubs <laughs> title <laughs> pending. Title pending. Yeah, but we have some more notes from the Ad Council yeah, here. Yeah, I right? know we've been running long here, so I'll just uh, zip through these. 
Um, this is from Brian, who uh, I think sent this uh, through the face or sorry, through Gmail. Um, this is for an ad that did make me clutch my pearls a little bit. It's for Bumble. Are you familiar with Bumble? Bumble is a dating app or a hookup app. It's one a dating of those app. Okay. And I believe it is sort of um, women uh, sort of. Women have more control. Oh yeah, of maybe. course. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think exactly that. Yeah, like yeah. I think uh, you can't just randomly pop into a woman's profile exactly. or whatever it is. Yeah, okay. And that is specifically what this is taking aim at. Um, you have um a young woman. She's very young, like to the point where to me she looks like a child who's too young to be dating. Mm-hmm. But I think that's my mm-hmm. that's my middle age talking. Yeah. So she's just alone at a at a baseball. She's at a you know at home plate on a baseball diamond that seems to be empty. Specifically, for whatever it's worth, this is a baseball diamond that's right outside of a city. So maybe yeah. they're trying to appeal to like you know the, the young modern city dweller, urban urbanites. Yeah, because it looks like I don't know, it could be Chicago or something. But here you ha- they're they're in a park somewhere, right? Yes. Uh, on this ballpark. Yeah. So we see her start to swing at things that are are flying at her bat, and it turns out they're all eggplants. Oh. If you're familiar at all with um, cell phone and emoji culture, which obviously I am from the way I just described oh it. Oh my god! Oh um, my god! As I once draw yelled, this out as much as you can, because I once this yelled is painfully delicious, super loud in a fancy restaurant. I can't know what every damn emoji means. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, but I do know what this one means. So it are means, these literal? It means dicks, right? Are these literal eggplants yes, that are coming out, are or they're phys- cartoons? No, they're not cartoons. They're okay. like so. However, they've uh, whatever effect they've used here, giant purple, but real eggplants. Okay, and she's um, sitting. She's standing at home plate with her bat, and she's just wailing on these I see. She's eggplants. basically just she's like having them to, away. She's batting away all of these unwanted All these picks. unsolicited okay, dick pics, yeah. See, With Bumble's private detector, you can bat away unsolicited pics or keep the ones you want. Ooh. But then she takes one and holds on to it. She grabs Dirty. it, yeah. That's what she, that's, you know, that, that's why she's on Bumble. Am I right? That's why she's on Bumble, like Bumble, I guess. So Brian says that's a home run Bumble, although, of course, the underlying need to make this a selling point is dystopian as hell. Oh, won't somebody please <laughs> think of the children? That was Genevieve upon watching this commercial all right i one more thing i just want to get on uh, talk about this because it made me laugh um so as we talked about last week um your bt dub segment was this zorus pda and we laughed and laughed about it because it's about a guy who is um away from the office and this is back in the days before cell phones and internet and all that stuff and he has a pda called a zorus and it allows him with quite a few wires and like hooking things up in his car to like do some communication. He faxes. He faxes something Using from his car his, phone. Using his mobile car phone. Yes. Yeah. Here, let's uh, take a quick listen, actually. For years, people have done their thinking on the run. Now, they can do their business on the run. <laughs> if you do your business on the run, I hope you have a separate <laughs> pair of shorts. <laughs> Doris, the personal digital assistant from Sharp that gives you the freedom to write it, type it, sign it, and fax it. Anytime, anywhere. John, hello, mate. Just got your fax. But you really should get out of the office a bit more. Just got your fax. Just got your fax. Um, so I like this uh, this comment from someone who goes behind the name uh, goes by the name behind the scenes uh, on our YouTube page, and I just wanted to mention that that's another good place to get in touch with us. Uh, comment on things on the YouTube page. Um, 
behind the scenes says, I'd have blown off my boss for hours and waited till I was home at my PC rather than mess with all those wires because he's right or they are mm. right. Um, the guy with this PDA is like plugged into a bunch of things to make this this technology work remotely. Uh, behind the scenes says, I bet he waited half an hour for that fax to go oh, through. God. Oh, God, <laughs> at, at least. Best. Did I tell you that Luke and I, my buddy Luke, who I do TVTL with, of course, um, he and I both have these brother printers, oh, which yeah. is a brand of printer, and we inherited ours from a, a good-hearted neighbor who didn't need it anymore. But, you know, it's a very functional machine, right? There's a scanner, Yeah, printer, I'm super glad we have it. Copier. Yeah. But it's also a fax machine. Right. And Luke and I were talking like we never fax anymore. We should fax each other. And we're thinking about maybe just faxing <laughs> each other, like having a fax only relationship. Well, fax and podcast relationship. But that's great. Um, the only thing is, can you fax using Wi-Fi, or do you need a do you need a home phone to fax? I barely understood how faxing worked before the internet. But I wouldn't it be fun if I could just like send now. Luke a fax, like just like the middle of the day, yeah. all of a sudden his printer starts going beep 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 beep. beep, beep. <laughs> I don't know why it's a dot matrix. Yeah, suddenly it's even older. But yeah, you should you should figure it out. Yeah, I think I, everybody just needs to start faxing each other. Sounds good. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's not even what a dot matrix sounds like either. I don't even yes. know what I'm doing there. Unfortunately, you cannot fax us as yet because mm-hmm. we don't have a Zorus. Uh, we do have a voicemail line, which you can call at 607-444-5597. You can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail, and you can visit us on the Facebook group where fun things are always happening. Or I guess I should start adding the YouTube page to this uh, this little pitch yeah, that we do every time. We mentioned this last week, but just to be very clear, we're not posting all of the commercials that we talk about on the YouTube page. The YouTube page is specifically where you can check out these commercials that I've been digitizing, uh, and you can watch them there and, and hang out there. So, uh, all right, everybody. Uh, my promise to you is next week I am going to be a little bit more awake for the show. My apologies if my energy was flagging today. Um, but uh, that's it. That's it. Wow. The end. Great job, everybody. (laughs)